0: Hi and welcome to the second porpisode. Uh gang, yeah, gang, gang. we're super excited about it. We're going to be doing this pretty regularly. We're going to be trying to kind of streamline it and make a little make it a little more organized. Um, yeah, yeah. Um we're thinking about well, we definitely want to answer questions if people have
1: questions. Um but we still have a pretty small following. Um, there's only about 40 of you, which we appreciate Very um, much it. Part of the pod I feel like, I mean, I feel like we should call our little groupies something They're not groupies It's just, <laughs> like, it's just like your mom and like 30 other people that care about whales um, But like, I feel like we should have a cute little name Or like a little song intro A song, <laughs> a song intro Someone write us a song and please include whale noises oh, Please I have a confession to make What's that? <laughs> So the whale noise that's like on the intro of the mm-hmm. actual episodes is from Northern residents. Not- is it really? Yes. <laughs> so
0: I'm a liar. Well. We- <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> no. Anywho. We we knew that already. You knew that already. We knew that already. Well. <laughs>
1: well then. <laughs> well, Alrighty then. Sure. Spice. Well. Yeah, okay, cool So I think this week we wanted to highlight the story of Luna Shut the, shut the frog up right now <laughs> Stop laughing No laughing on this podcast Never, ever Never laughing Anyways It's just cool um, So how do you feel for a seal? How's your week been? I feel good for a seal Feel good? Yeah Oh, yes, we wanted to do a debrief Um Yes First, too, because uh, we had the episode with Adam Demansky, and I just think that there's a lot of gaps that we need to fill. And I think that we briefly touched on that last time. Maybe I don't know. There's been a lot of information. A lot of things have been happening. Ellie and I both work two jobs, and we're trying to do this on the side. I'm trying to raise a dog, and <laughs> it's a lot. Mm. But we're having a good time. Um. But yeah, there's gaps that need to be filled. Yeah. And we need to figure out what's going on with um with the people down at the dams, what they're willing to accept. Absolutely. I think we yeah, okay, we definitely did talk about that last time. And then this week's episode was Calling Wheeler. Yep. So
0: you did you have thoughts on that you wanted to share? Uh, man. I definitely I definitely would agree with her a lot on, you know, the subject of we really need to, you know. Advocate not only for the southern residents or for the salmon, but like watersheds on the whole, because there are parts of the watershed that don't get talked about. Um, I posted an article on the Breaching Extinction Facebook page about uh, the herring fisheries. Yeah. It was declared a disaster this year. Mm -hmm. Um, And herring is a primary source of food for salmon. Um, herring is the little bait fish you might find at, uh, bait and tackle shops to, to catch salmon or catch other fish like that. Um, and they've just been so overfished that they're, they're collapsing much like our salmon fisheries. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean the whole, it it's, I mean, ecology really is focusing on the whole, like, like and I I used to be really into Gaianism, which is basically this concept that really takes the Earth itself as a kind of a super organism, mm-hmm. and you can't just treat you know one part of the body you can't just be feeding one part of the body or you know you gotta you gotta treat the whole yeah um so what that means is you know river restoration that means you know shoreline restoration mm-hmm. that means you know it, it might mean closing down the fisheries to let mm-hmm. the populations recover it might it means you know paying attention to the southern residents as we are of course
1: mm-hmm.
0: um you know bringing down pollutants all these sort of things and I think that's really important and I'm really glad that she brought that up yeah when talking about whale and dolphin conservation
1: yeah absolutely and I think it's interesting too because um, she had talked about I can't, like, there's one specific watershed that is, like, based out of the Midwest or, like, close. We didn't talk about this with her, but, like, in general, it is one that exists. Um, But basically, there's a bunch of runoff from farms in the Midwest, Mm -hmm. like, from Ohio, where I'm originally from, that run off down into the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. And, you know, there's so many people that don't realize, they're like, oh, I live in this landlocked state, I live in this square state, I've never seen the ocean, etc., and they don't realize that like you know the impact that that has on it. So I think it sheds Absolutely. a little bit of light, watershed. <laughs> I need to stop. It's fine. Um on how connected we are. And we did an interview with Gabe Bradshaw who is phenomenal oh and God. I'm so excited for that episode to come out. That Me too. was amazing. That'll be out on the 15th. Um but we keep having this theme of disconnect coming up and she um mentioned something about you know we're still connected or something along the lines of we just got we just got lost or we're confused or distracted and I totally agree with her but so many people don't realize how interconnected everything is and that goes back to what you said of like you can't just treat one part of the body you know you have to treat the whole thing and I think that we need to look at this as far as you know, not treating the symptoms of our environmental problems, but treat, treating the root, which is what we're getting at with this. And we'll talk more about that with that with gay. Ugh. Words are hard. Um, But yeah, anyways. So yeah, watersheds are important. Um, If you live in a landlocked state and you love the ocean, like many of us do, please go to a watershed and go check it out. Take some time, you know, look at the fish, frogs, whatever else is out there.
0: Um and just explore. Absolutely. And definitely advocate for healthier watersheds as well. I mean, just because you live in a, a, landlocked state, I mean, especially if you're a state that really heavily depends on agriculture. I mean, you really have to have to look at what's going into that watershed because it's not just what you're putting in the watershed. It's what the person down the river is putting in the watershed and the person further down, the further down and further down and so on and so forth. It all accumulates and it all adds up. Um, so it's it's definitely really important and oh, Orca Salmon Alliance, which uh, Colleen Wheeler said that the whale and dolphin conservation is a part of. Um, they have a list on their website as as I, sh- I think she mentioned it. It's like seventeen things that you can do mm-hmm. to improve the quality of of your watersheds and improve the quality of southern resident habitat and specific. Um, but it's just something that really just should be considered on the whole. Holistically across the board wherever you live um, I, I highly highly recommend taking a look at it and seeing how you can incorporate that into your lives mm-hmm. so yeah shall we talk about Luna? we should definitely talk about Luna yes. we just watched we watched two documentaries we watched uh, Long Gone Wild which is a really good one it's more, more more about you know going going further into this after after Blackfish basically just kind of Almost a sequel, mm-hmm. um, and then we watched uh, *The Whale*, which is the story of Luna L. Ninety Eight. She, he was a Southern resident who got uh, separated from his family and, uh, yeah, got mm, locate relocated somehow into Nootka Sound, which is on the west side of Vancouver Island. Um, it's an incredible and heartbreaking story, of course, um, but. Yeah, what are your yeah. thoughts on that? Well, so I'm
1: I've been reading Endangered Orcas by Monica Shields and I remember there being a story in there about a whale that had gotten calf-napped and I was like I'm pretty sure that was Luna and that wasn't included in the whale documentary and no. so we went and looked it up and um there is it, there was a potential situation with a cat, cat ugh, calf-napping. Um but essentially um they determined that he was the calf of Splash, which is L67 but for a while after his birth he was seen between K18 which is Kiska and L67 which is Splash and he was going back and forth kind of between the two families um and eventually ended up spending time with Splash which is how they determined that that was his mother um however i don't know if they have any genetic sampling to confirm that completely uh but he ended up getting separated from his pod essentially and he was a lone whale so we very rarely see killer whales on their own. They're highly social creatures that's ingrained into their survival and who they are. Um, and so it's very rare to see them on their own kind of indefinitely. But they didn't see him with his pod, so they had um, they had pronounced him dead or that's mm-hmm. what they thought. Yeah. Um, but they also had noticed that L-39, uh, which was his uncle named Orcan, was also not seen with the pod, who was pronounced dead. Um, but One of the things that we've learned about orcas is that they there are certain individuals that take on different roles, such as a babysitter. And it's theorized that Orkon was a babysitter. So potentially, what could have happened with this whale is, you know, Orkon may have maybe died or something like that while he was watching Luna, and then, you know, um, that's how he ended up being separated. And then um, another theory too is that he maybe didn't make those crucial bonds that he needed to make with his mother because he was. Potentially being calf napped. Um, <laughs> this poor, confused whale. Like poor he's just trying kid. to live. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. My God. Um. But I don't know. Do you want to talk a little bit about like
0: his experience with people? Yeah. And so, like what ended up happening? Again, killer whales are extremely social animals. Um. If you ever get to hear Lori Marino talk, she's a she's got a PhD in neuroscience uh, with cetaceans. We've mentioned her before. Um. But. I mean, she'll talk about just how intrinsic emotional bonds are to cetacean relationships. And I mean, it goes even further beyond human relationships at times. Um, and so this poor little calf at the age of two wound up in Nootka Sound, which is pretty far out there, pretty far out of um, Southern residents' normal range. I mean, El Pod range is pretty, a lot more widely than the other two uh, range, um, but Nootka Sound is not really a place where you usually see the southern residents. So, when you're a highly social animal like that, you really, really crave touch and and affection yeah. and validation and things like that. And so he started seeking out human companionship from the residents of uh, Gold River, uh, B.C. and 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 uh, Campbell River. Um, and for a while, it was really, really cool and really uh, kind of an attraction almost to this area of Vancouver Island um, until the ecologists and officials kind of caught wind of it and And to be fair, I mean you really don 't want whales socializing with humans because historically it never ends up happy uh, for, for anybody. Um, I, I, in my opinion. Well, what about the history of the Lemmy
1: people and how they used to, like the Kanderwells used to, the residents used to hunt salmon alongside them, like right. in their canoes. But, I feel like but, that's positive. But in,
0: but in a canoe, you don't have a propeller In a that's lot of, in a
1: lot of, that's yeah. Which is, you know, um, yeah. to cut to the chase, he, he ends up getting killed by a propeller. He gets too
0: close to a timeboat. Yeah, at the age of six, I think.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, and there's a lot of footage, and if you watch the documentary, you can see him, like, literally right up on the boats, um... But you would mention that, you know, he was searching out tactile kind of behavior and, like, mm-hmm. emotional connections. And that's something to note, too, about these whales. If you guys don't know, they're very tactile. They're touching each Super. other. They're touching the ground. A lot of whales will exfoliate themselves. I know that mm-hmm. bottlenose dolphins mm-hmm. shed their skin every, I think it's
0: 24 or 48 hours. I'm going to have to fact check myself. Northern residents... They have a specific beach. I think it's in Johnstone Strait, Uh which is the northern end of Vancouver Island. They have a specific beach where they will go, and that's their rubbing beach because it's like just straight pebbles. Yeah. So
1: Um, cetacean skin super interesting. Um, They can get sunburned. That's Mm -hmm. something that we've uh, learned. When I was at Clearwater Marine Aquarium, one of the things that they um, taught us—well, they didn't like it. Wasn't like a formal training, but they were just like telling us about. Um, different rehabilitation, but what they say to do, if you I don't, I'm not speaking on their behalf. I'm just going to say that right now. This is something that I've learned, but uh, I've been told that if you take a wet towel, if you find a cetacean that's been beached, either take a wet towel or a wet sheet and put it on top of the animal. That way you can prevent it from getting sunburned because that can cause a lot of issues. Obviously there's a lot of like protections and whatnot in place. So like call your proper authorities, but Um, That's one of the things that they said to do because the animals get sunburned, which is crazy. That's what they do is, like, they'll Mm -hmm. cover it up with a towel, um, like a wet towel to keep the skin moist and whatnot. Yeah. Um, So that's interesting as well. But, yeah, back to Luna. So that's a whole, like, story. That's a very interesting one because I think um, it definitely highlights, um, a lot of the different complexities with human involvement yeah, and also just human perception of animals in general, which is a theme that keeps coming up and it's going to continue to come up. Um, but I think that he really transcended a lot of boundaries for people where, you know, people seem to find some kind of otherness with animals. And I think that that is, that is where one of our faults and I think we're going to do an episode where we talk about our flaws and our failures as humans, but, and we are, we can get more into it then. Um, but this sense of otherness, I think that when we create that, then, you know, we further the separation, we further the divide. And if you go into something and you have already decided that something's different or you've made up your mind or you have these assumptions, you don't get very far. No. Um, and I think that Luna did a really good job of, uh, Challenging people's perspectives. I would absolutely agree. And I, he got a lot of people thinking, um, and it's very interesting because you know um, the native people, politicians,
0: scientists all got their hands involved, and no one could come to a conclusion. I how the case of Luna. Is handled, there are a lot of parallels with that that I see happening right now with mm-hmm. the Southern residents, yeah. especially with the ORCA task force going mm-hmm. along. We've got all those stakeholders. We've got all the pop politicians. We have all the activists, the scientists. Um, and there really is not a lot being done because there's so many people involved. Um, and it's I think at the end of the day, somebody really has to come away and, and say, well, and I, I, you know, and I, and I would like to say that we need compromise, but sometimes compromise just means we don't accomplish anything in my mind. You know what I mean? Hmm. And that's what I've, that's what I saw with year one of the ORCA task force was, you know, we wanted all this funding for all these different restoration projects and we wanted all these limitations on, on certain things. And so in some places, you know, you know, the whale watching industry got a lot of limitations and the fisheries got almost no limitations whatsoever. Like we were talking about with Deborah Giles. Um, and I think at some point, like somebody's got to give at some point and say this is more important than me or it, maybe everybody has to at some point. I think everybody has to give. I disagree.
1: I think that we all need to compromise um, a little bit. Obviously, you know, we probably have some bias in that we're coming this from, coming at this from the perspective of environmentalists and people that, oh, you absolutely. know, are dedicated to that. However, like, you know, my humanitarian side and yours as well tells me that, you know, in order to accomplish the goals that we need to accomplish, we need to take care of the people that are going to be affected. Oh, for sure. And I think that honestly, our biggest issue is that so many people, we come in with these assumptions and it comes back to this idea of separation and otherness. And there's, you know, it feels like it's the, it's people versus orcas or, you know, East side versus West side Mm -hmm. of Washington, dams versus environmentalists or whatever. And Republicans, Democrats, there's so many different ways that you can put a label on somebody. And when you walk in, you've already made that assumption. You've closed off your mind to the potential of them offering you anything. And, you know, we're not going to strengthen our, our collective. And we're mm-hmm. not going to reach our goals until we find a way to have a conversation where we drop the judgments, drop the ego everything. And, you know, I think that if we come together and we view everybody as having something valuable to say Mm -hmm. and like, get rid of this idea that we're somehow different because we're not right. Then I think that's when we'll reach a conclusion. But right now I think, you know, obviously there's some, it looks like
0: some money involved. Well, That's kind of what I'm getting at is like, you know, we have Adam Demansky and people like him mm-hmm. and Deborah Giles and scientists. You know, they've, they've got it, obviously, like there is a solution there. There's something to be done about it. And then we've got the people who are moneyed interests mm-hmm. who say, well, we're making money right now in the short term. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's just so much money to be made that we're not going to give. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at here is that, you know, there is a certain level of, of, of truth that's being put out there and being ignored. Mm-hmm. And because we all have feel we have to compromise, yeah. I feel like that truth in the end gets compromised. I see what you're saying. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I think if everyone, like wholeheartedly, if all people go in with the willingness to compromise, it can work. But not everyone is doing that. Right. And, like, you know, I think in order for us to be heard, we have to go in... Um, willing to listen, Absolutely. and that's uh, that's some advice that my dad gave me, and like I found that that can be very helpful going into any situation where you're trying right. to reach some kind of conclusion. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of work to be done, and there's you know there's there's a lot going on, and we have to reach compromise, and there's so many different themes that are coming up throughout this podcast, like you know how are we different from animals, the role of ego, and I think that that is something that continues um, to, I don't know, boggle my thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, because I've just, you know, I've been curious about what motivates people because I know what motivates me in in studying psychology. Um, there's different types of motivation and, um, I should pull up, we should do an episode on that where we talk about different types of motivation. Um, but I think that, you really need to question at the end of the day, what is driving you like, take a good hard look at yourself. I think that in order to save these whales, we have to look at them because they're conscious beings. And, you know, uh, if you go through life and you, you know, think about your intent and your action and your legacy, that's going to leave a better impact. But we get so caught up in this idea of status and money and things that are not important and it's interesting, you know, that we consider ourselves so smart and it's fear that ties us to these ideas that mm-hmm. ties us to um closing our minds off to other perspectives or um ideas that challenge our current belief systems. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that's really sad because I personally get really excited about playing with ideas and yeah. Um, playing with different thoughts and talking to individuals and getting a new perspective on things. Um, but, yeah, we just need to kind of address those internal conflicts that we mm-hmm. have because it's interesting as a species that we, you know, we consider ourselves so intelligent yet, you know, because that we've been able to, de- de- uh, to develop all these tools and infrastructure to aid us in survival. But it's the very thing that's destroying
0: us. Absolutely. Um, Anyways, Um, I just want a little ramble. That's all right. Um, But, yeah, I think you make a good point, especially when it comes to, you know, the fear that we have about, you know, all those those things that make us, you know, this big, grand thing that we are supposedly, Mm -hmm. you know, and feeding into that ego. You know, I think if we were a lot more transparent, a lot more trusting, you know, and part of why Luna didn't get reunited with his family was was because there were, there were fears that the Canadian government was going to, in the case that he didn't reunite with his family, get put into marine land or put yeah. in SeaWorld or something like that. That's true. And if we had just been able to communicate with each other honestly and not have so much secrecy or, or othering, like you right. said, I think that situation might have been a lot more successful. And I also
1: think that ego plays a role as well. I think that sometimes yeah. people get so caught up in... Um, you know, what what their opinion is or being right, that they forget, like, what it's truly about at the end of the day. And I don't know that that's necessarily a conscious thing that we do. Um, But I think it's something that definitely occurs. um, And that's something that could have happened there as well. But, yeah, it is that fear. And I think that one of the things, one of our flaws, which we're going to do a whole episode where we talk about how we (laughs) fail and our flaws and how to combat that or to fix it, but is that we're not willing... Like in our American culture, we're not willing to make mistakes. We're not willing to learn from mistakes. We have this idea of perfection that we strive for and constant achievement. And you know, if you fail or if you do something wrong, it's bad. But you know, that's one of the. I think the other things uh, that makes us different is humans um, constantly are wanting to manipulate. However. They're unwilling to learn and adapt. Other animals are willing to go through life and learn and adapt to things. We have decided for some reason that this is the life that we're going to live and absolutely. this is the only way. And then, you know, we get stuck in this trap because we're not willing to try things anymore. Mm-hmm. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with making mistakes. That is how we learn. That's absolutely. how we grow. Um, uh, but if we don't make those mistakes, we're going to destroy ourselves. We need to go, we need to go out and try it. Like obviously go and study things, make a well-informed decision. Um, but know that it's not going to have a perfect outcome. And no. if we try something and it doesn't work, that's all that means is that it, that was a policy or that was a management technique that didn't work. Absolutely. And so you learn from it and you move on. And I think a good example of that is, um, Noah tried to do some tagging. When was that?
0: Oh God, I don't
1: Recent, like recently in the last like five years or so, they tried to tag one of the residents. And that was a. I, I want to say that was a, a like a decade ago or something. Or something like that. Like that. So but essentially, they they tried to tag this whale and it ended up getting an infection. Yeah. Um, Ninety five Nigel and dying. Yeah. And that's really unfortunate. However. I think that Noah has learned from that, and like no. from what I've talked to from different people that are working with Noah, is that they've adapted their practices. They've talked to different politicians. But here's that thing: as we go back to that fear-based um, state that we're in, and the reason that we haven't tagged them again is because people fear that we're going to lose them, which totally understandable. It's an endangered population, 100%. Get it, you know. But at the same time, in order for us to progress. You know, we have to continue to try new things. Absolutely. And um, I know that there are several different organizations and NOAA that have partnered together to try different tagging techniques on other cetaceans and other areas that are less fragile and that that has been successful. That's good. So, you know, learn and grow and just like get rid of this fear or get rid of this idea that you have to write something off as completely good or bad Mm -hmm. because... It didn't work. All All it means is that it didn't work.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I definitely agree. Yeah, there's another theme that keeps popping up is like this this idea that we have to be perfect. And, you know, sometimes, you know, an imperfect solution is better than no solution at all. Um, yeah. And I think you talked, when you talked to Josh Murphy about mm-hmm. the, the salmon situation, the hatcheries in specific. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the hatcheries at this point, we have seen the science hatcheries don't work the way that they're supposed to we've we've seen that over and over and over again and yet you know part of the orca task force solution was putting however many millions of dollars Mm -hmm. into putting out more chinook out of hatcheries Mm -hmm. and they're just fragile fish that don't i mean they don't work Mm -hmm. but we're too afraid to try new things well it's just he said like he basically was saying that it was just like a
1: continued failed effort and that's our failure is when we don't learn from failures it's not the failure itself it's the unwillingness to learn and adapt from it. But his quote for his movie is, like, um, something about, like, the... Oh, I can't remember. The road is, like, paved with good intentions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, There was something else in there. um, But basically, like, you know, people's intent was good in this, but we continue to implement the same practices that don't work, and then they continue to fail, and then we act confused, and I'm not sure why. Right. um, but yeah, um, I feel like we should say something light <laughs> because the whole point of the poor episode was
0: to keep to be full of levity and happy and <laughs> Anywho Anywho. Well. I mean Erica and I've cried multiple times. Oh my God, <laughs> in the last couple of days are just like literally we love. Them. So,
1: oh we're God. not posting that. But I'm cutting that out. Why?
0: <laughs> because no one's going to take us seriously if we cry about whales. Oh. You know, okay, so that's another thing we need to talk about. Is And I, we're probably going to do an episode on this too, maybe. But, like, part of, I think, this attitude that we can't cry over whales is so... <laughs> f- we f- can, can cry way. over whales once we get... A
1: like a following and once we once we gain the respect of people, then we can show them it's okay to cry about whales. We're not posting this. This why? whole fucking is gone. <laughs> Alright, so Look like? at Pete. She's, She's sick of your bull your bull kelp. She's sick of your bowl kelp. Oh my god. She's a like, get oh frog. What would you like to talk about then? Um you think we're good? No, that was no, sad. We're gonna have it edit out a good five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have
0: funny whale stories? Funny whale stories. Have I talked about the, the 46B, the sea lion story on here yet? You did. When did I do that? You, you, do, oh, you did in the one that got deleted. Oh, did I? Yes. So, okay, they're not southern residents. They're, they're big skillet whales, marine mammal eaters. We were watching them out at Cowichan Bay. God, I want to say in the middle of July. Maybe it was the beginning of July. So the 46 bees are a pretty big family. And they're actually the family with the uh, leucistic uh, baby whale. We call him taluk, which is uh bellicula which is a Coast Salish tribe, uh, for moon because of his color. Um, but anyways. Wow. There's a theme, Luna, Taluk, moon. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess people are just, I mean, Artemis, Artemis is also goddess of the moon. What the heck guys? (laughs) Anyways. So, so does that mean, wait, no, that
1: means whales are aliens, right?
0: I mean, we kind of knew that, though. Whales
1: equals aliens because they're all named after the moon. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, another I mean, lesson oh it, for you guys is um, correlation always equals causation. Absolutely
0: <laughs> not.
1: <laughs> and that's science-based facts. Don't
0: even. Moon, whales, no alien no, space. No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> uh, okay, tell go, me your story. Going sorry. back to whales or five-year-olds, because they are. Um, this family was heading east, east out of Cowichan Bay, uh, and they were just cruising along, just traveling in their resting line, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was this big male stellar sea lion, mm-hmm. and he caught sight of this pod mm-hmm. of big Killer Whales heading east, and freaked out, freaked the frog out, Mm -hmm. and started swimming south. Well, one of the juvenile females, I don't remember which one it was, but she caught sight of him. Mm -hmm. And she just turned around, left her pod, went straight up to this stellar sea lion, 2,000-pound stellar sea lion, slapped him upside the head with her pectoral fin, and Mm -hmm. then returned to her family. And that's a mood right there. (laughs) like... I could have killed you, but I didn't. But I didn't. But I
1: didn't. But I could. But I could. Well, <laughs> I only, I wonder if it's their intent to kill or not. Because we talked about that a little bit last oh, time with, true. like, the porpoises. Like, do you accidentally play with it to death? Kind of like, how do you, do you accidentally chop the lizard in half? someone <laughs> <what> <laughs> <laughs> Um, Uh, but we will never know. I mean, or maybe we will know once somebody develops a technology and we can like develop brain patterns. That would be interesting if we could compare the brain patterns of people who kill to brain patterns of animals that kill. I wonder if there's a difference between, um, like different brain patterns and neurons that are released in people that like hunt animals versus uh, murderers versus killer whales and the types of (laughs) animals that they hunt. Hi, someone funds that study. Someone, it's, um, at anyone with technology, maybe Jordan Lerma um, makes some technology.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we can study that. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Well, I, I started reading Lost Frequency, mm-hmm. uh, and that's actually like something that Barry Swanson addresses in last frequency it's like they're they're at a point technologically in that novel where like they can start not quite translate whale language but they're getting there. Yes, they well, did they?
1: Whale language you mean through acoustics or yeah. do you mean by stu- Yeah, they can there's different interpretations or there's there's calls that they've been able to associate with different behaviors. Oh. It's not necessarily But they the,
0: haven't like pinned down what it actually like
1: means. Well I mean you can't ever fully 100% pin down anything Never say never. there's you can't. That's literally the whole
0: point of science (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) right, Justin Biebs. Oh gross no we're not. No don't bring him into this Anywho. ruined everything. Everything (laughs) That's what I do. I show up to ruin things. Remember, Remember that time that there was a petition to the White House to get Justin Bieber deported There was there was an actual like petition Lord. back when the White House was allowing petitions. How did we get here? I have no idea. You wanted you wanted to talk about something with levity. Here we are. We're talking uh, about deportation. That's not, not the, fun. Jesus, that's not fun anymore. Uh,
1: <laughs> right? We can't have anything nice. We can't. Um. um um do you have a whale joke or something do i have
0: a whale joke no if the hell if you
1: wanted whale jokes we talked to andrew. andrew i know i know <laughs> we need to sit him down and just discuss his whale jokes Let's
0: discuss his whale jokes we just need a whole poor episode of poor pe- andrew well i suggested friend. that
1: and he looked at me like i was stupid <laughs> and i was like cool
0: <laughs> He's such a Debbie downer for real oh my goodness spice it's so spicy He's going to listen to this and be like... He's not going to listen to this. (laughs) But you think so, I highly doubt it. Okay. Okay. Uh, We need to recommend an Instagram, a whale whale photography Instagram. Gary Sutton does some really cool stuff. Speaking of Cowichan Bay, he's Gary underscore 27 on Instagram He's very cool dude. On the gram. Very, very cool We're dude. hip with the time. We're social super media. super mm-hmm. Hashtag uh, millennial.
1: Sh- Hashtag relevant. Hashtag swag. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, need man. To stop. It's so, yeah, we're tired and I'm tired. That daylight savings time. That daylight savings time. That two jobs life. I'm just trying to raise my Pomeranian So we always ask I feel like our catchphrase at the beginning Is like how do you feel for a seal And people are probably real confusion for it Um, Yeah we should explain that So basically We Live in the Salish Sea Kayaking and we were near some harbor seals And I talked to my dog Funny because I Don't know how to talk to her normally and so I asked her, I was like, how do you feel for a SEAL? And then now this is how we greet each other. This is, so This is a thing. This is a thing. There's so, like three or four of us so greet each other So basically, please say this to your friends. Ask them how they feel for a SEAL. How do you feel, how for, do you a feel? for a I feel SEAL? feel good for a SEAL. For a SEAL, yeah. feel supported. Feel supported for it. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so talk to your friends in dog language. And then we'll learn to translate killer whale language.
0: Harbor seals are super cute, by the way. Harbor seals are cute. They're missing. Uh um, class. Yeah. Stay away from them. Don't get too close to them. If I catch you in a kayak and you're, like, right up on them, I'll scream at you. Scream. I think I, I think I did that about three times this summer. I saw people along the way to Point Doughty. Yeah. Like, and, you know, all those rocks that yes. line the cliff. think three times i saw people and i just booked it in my kayak like
1: excuse you excuse excuse
0: Excuse. i'm that person yes
1: okay well thank you for joining us yeah
0: we definitely need to edit out approximately eight minutes because it's (laughs) a 30 minutes right now um if you as always have any questions for us anything you want us to talk about you have a comment uh, you want us to, is there somebody you have in mind for us to interview some, something like an episode idea? Yeah. let us know. Or if you have something you want to say, you know, we want to include
1: everybody in this conversation and Absolutely. we want to make this accessible. We think, um, that everyone has something valuable to contribute to this, you know, whether you are a, a whale scientist or you're an activist or just somebody that's curious, um, but yeah, definitely reach out. We have a discussion forum on our website, so we would love it if you would join that. Um because we just want to continue the conversation. But also something that we discussed earlier is that we are both like environmental science people. Um and so if we're if there's some way that we can make this more accessible to anyone that maybe doesn't have that sort of background, let us know. Um cuz I think sometimes we we get really caught up in talking um, the way that we would to our friends who have studied this for a while. So if we can make it more accessible, we want to do that. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, hit us up on the gram. Um, hashtag swag. Hashtag. Sh- <laughs> we're, on we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. It. Twitter. Twitter, And then we've got Gmail. We got Gmail. Hit us up on the Gmail. Snail mail. We don't have snail mail.
0: I mean, we I could, mean you could
1: send it to Ellie's house. We
0: could set it up at some point. Get a P.O. box. Or something. P.O. box. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Eh. <laughs>